If you enter my mind for any reason, I will twist your head off and use it for a chamber pot. Are you going to arrest me, Garibaldi? No way. I want to live to see the future. Mr. Bonova, trust yourself. Anybody else? Shoot him. We are star stuff. We are the universe made manifest, trying to figure itself out. All of us was for nothing unless we go to the stars. Later. Hello and welcome to the Epsilon 3, a Babylon 5 rewatch podcast. Each week we review an episode of the 1990s sci-fi TV classic Babylon 5. This week, Season 1, Episode 11, Survivors. I'm Paul. I'm Dan. I'm Sean. And, and we, we are, are the, the Epsilon, Epsilon 3. And the synopsis. Uh, there is an explosion in one of the fighter bays just days before Earth President Santiago is to visit Babylon 5. A dying man implicates Garibaldi, which is just what the head of presidential security wants to hear, as she blames him for her father's death. This episode was written by JMS and Mark Scott Zickery, directed by Jim Johnson. The episode was released on my birthday in 1994. Mm. May the 4th, 1994. Mm. This episode takes place in June 2258. And this week's guest stars. Elaine Thomas plays Major Liana Kemmer. Uh, she has only eight credits on IMDb, mm. which I thought was a bit strange. Tom Donaldson as Cutter. He only has nine credits on IMDb. Uh, David A. Cook as Special Agent 1 only has two credits on IMDb. David L. Crowley, Lou Welsh. Uh, yeah, he's, 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 he comes back a few times, so he's done a, he's done a bit. Yes. Uh, Maggie Egan plays Jane. Uh, she is the, uh, the TV news, news uh, anchor. Yeah. Uh, she reprises her role uh, in the Crusade TV series, which I'm sure if we get to and ever watch, we will mm. see. Jose Ramon Rosario as Nolan. And Robin Week as Young Liana. Two credits on IMDb. It's a bit weird that most of these guest stars have either not done anything since or didn't do very much before then. I noticed that in my uh, IMDb research for the Star Trek connections, that a lot of the guest actors did not do very much at all. No, and I, I didn't really see any bad performances as such, you know, that, that would make you think, oh, I can see why they didn't go on to do too much, or, oh, we must have dragged them off the street or something. I, it, nothing looked bad at all, so and I, I don't know. Lou, especially, like, he, he stood straight out. I think he's, he's almost in line for my third favourite character in the whole show. Like, he was so good. He just stood out, like... Uh, just all the little scenes that he was having, like, you know, it's not worth it, Garibaldi. He really got in, you know, for an extra, he really went the extra, like, the extra mile. Yes. Like, he really went for it. Extra, and yeah. it just, that was it. Yeah, there, there's a man, there's a man, you know, pitching for Absolutely. a job straight get, away, wasn't it? Are you getting oh, space yeah. happy, Lou? Like, there was a great little line there. It was fantastic. I wonder if he uh, got a lot of, uh, you know, like, letters written in saying, he's a really good character, keep him in. You know, he should have, you know, 
a bit like a, somebody in Star Trek mm. once did, I believe. Yeah, strange. Yeah. Mm. Although it's all like written by you know uh, Mrs. Cowley, and it's all like all of all of his family, like <laughs> yes. Mr. Cowley Senior. And <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, friend, I'll see where's going. <laughs> so yes, uh, guys, what did we think of this episode then? It was uh, a decent episode. It uh, it wasn't earth shattering or anything, but we we got uh, some more Garibaldi backstory. We got uh, a little bit more hints about the Home Guard and what they're up to. So it's a very uh, average episode, but it's great for filling in backstory. Yeah. Yeah, I'd go along with that. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, it's a bit annoying that it's another person from the past that doesn't get on with the main character. Uh, it's obviously Garibaldi's turn this week. It's a running theme. Yeah, it is. And it's a bit annoying that it's like, what are we on now? Episode, what did I say it was? 11. Uh, 11. Yeah. And there's already been about four or five people that have come in so they're from the people's past and you know i know we're trying to build a bit of backstory here but it, it's, it's the same thing over and over uh, you know, but the good thing is i mean it's not done too badly this time around i think we do find out a, a lot about uh, garibaldi's past um you know he alludes to a few things that that went wrong and and what have you so um yeah we, we find out he fell off the you know fell off the wagon and and um, obviously had a hard time with that, which, you know, and, and you, you see later when he gets a, a glass of water instead of, uh, you know, um, you know wanting a, a, you know, alcohol, but unfortunately, um, as we find out a bit later, he, he, he goes back to it. So it's a bit, um, yeah, it, it's, it's a good sort of Garibaldi piece, uh, finding out about his past in this. Drunk uh, again, Uncle Mike? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, uh, I I like it when um, uh, obviously Major Kemmer's got it in for for Garibaldi, and you know she blames him for her father's death and all that. And we don't we don't know the we don't know the exact story, but we get both sides of the you know the argument. We get you know, uh, Garibaldi doesn't doesn't really tell much, too much about what happened on that fateful day, or we don't see any any um, flashbacks to that part. It's all spoken about, but not not shown. Which uh, I don't know. I I I. I think I prefer to. Be, uh, I would like to have seen a bit more of that and to, to find out what actually happened and make your own mind up. But we, what we're getting is two people's side of the argument. Uh, you, you naturally lean towards Garibaldi because obviously he's the he's the main character and you know you're supposed to like him. It, it just doesn't feel right, you know. It's, there's nothing. There's no feeling there that to, it just it just seems to lack something. I'm not I'm not sure what it is really. Major Kemmer is a hard ass for no reason. She's, I mean, she's doing a job. She's doing a big job. I mean, she's the presidential oh, sure. security. Yeah, that's uh, a big deal. Know, so, yeah. So she's going to do things. And, and I, I don't think she does her job badly. She's just blinded by this you know, uh, belief that he's he's going to be bad. So as soon as something bad happens, there, there look, you know, I told you he was going to be bad. And it's, obviously that's being played on by, uh, oh, what's his name, Cutter. So, uh which again is another thing. I mean, we we, we find uh, Cutter finds this evidence that damns Garibaldi and you know, uh, sort of you know, oh, we found Centauri money in in his uh, quarters. Well, no, he walked out of his quarters with the money in his hand. He did, we didn't see him rummaging through something and go, ha ha, and you know, uh, it's under his bed. Look, you know, a, a bit more yeah, yeah. sort of. <laughs> you know, let's let's see that as well. You know, let's see him let's see him hide it. Or I know, okay, maybe you don't want to give the game away too early or, or whatever, but you know, let him find it and then maybe say later but he must have stashed it in there, blah blah blah. Which it, it was again all spoken about and not seen. But again, it didn't it, it wasn't badly done. Like I said, as uh, Dan said there, there was a nice scene with um, 
with uh, Lou and, and outside defending Garibaldi and you know, making sure he you know he doesn't punch out mm. Cutter and all this type of thing. We get a nice um, a nice little one liner from uh, from Ivanova when uh, everybody's uh, the, sorry uh, Commander uh, Ivanova says to uh, Major Kemmer on the on the observation dome when she's told to uh, escort her off the dome. She says, oh. "You are going to resist, I hope." Yes. <laughs> Yes, mm. <laughs> really good, Ivana. Nice. Um, also, when, when uh, obviously Garibaldi goes on the run and he he, he meets up with uh, Malari and obviously gets some money off him to you know, hide himself away. But uh, in that scene just before he, he they met up, did you see the um, the tabletop fighting uh, game yes. that was going on? With yes, it reminded me of uh, the scene in the Millennium Falcon. Exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, it was very reminiscent of that, and and very well done for for a television program uh, in the nineties. That's oh, yeah. uh, incredible to see that. I mean, like I said previously, we'd only really seen something like that uh, in a film in Star Wars, like 10, 20 years before. So um, yeah, that was that was incredible. I like the way when when Garibaldi's going, going around, he's, he's looking for for people to help him. So you know, straight away he goes to Lando and. Obviously, he's you know, lent him a bit of money. Then he then Jakar spots him and says, "Oh, come in!" But he obviously wants him to join his his side of the fight and become a spy and all this type of thing. Well, J- Jakar is always angling for any advantage that he can. Yeah, that's right. And I I would I thought that would have been a bit more maybe kind of, uh, maybe Lando would have said that as well. Come and join me and you know and do that. But he wasn't. He was just very much now you're in my debt. And it's good to see the fly back again as well. I can't remember the character's name. Oh, the gangster guy. Yeah, the gangster, gang, gangster fly. Mm, uh, yes. But he, he uh, gives him short shrift and says, you yeah. know, on your bike, you know, uh, you're still a policeman, get off. You know. Yeah, no so, help police. I run legitimate <laughs> business. Yeah. Uh, he's got the best accent as he's going through. Just like, whoever decided that was going to be the voice of the fly is brilliant. Um, yeah, I really liked the Malari scene. I thought it was really nice that his motivations weren't exploitative in some respects, that it was just, you know, I've been in your situation before and I kind of want to see someone like us get a break once in a while. I thought it was kind of nice. I thought it, it made a lot of sense for Malari that, you know, from other things we've seen in previous episodes where he's learned to value love over the commitment and when he sent the couple back to um, back to the home world and and all these things he's sort of learning and he realizes actually there there are things better than getting power and greed and everything like that. I thought it was quite nice. Yeah, because it's rounding out the character and giving him more facets. Yeah, the only part of the episode that I actually thought was a reference to the title of Survivors that it was Malari and Garibaldi that they are surviving this whatever they're struggling with in their life. Um, that it was the only time I thought, oh yeah, survivors. That that kind of makes a sense for that bit of the episode. The rest of the episode, not at all, nothing at all, gave away that survivors should be the title of this episode. Yeah, because you, you would think there'd be like a, a derelict ship and there's people half dead on it, and there are the survivors that made it through somehow. But there was nothing like that at all. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's too literal, isn't it? I think they were going yes. for the uh, you know philosophical sort of oh they've both survived such uh, you know. A, the same effect on their lives, you know, of losing this this person, you know, her father and his friend. It was a bit of a reach with the title. It, well, it was, yeah. I think, yeah, another title might have worked. Um, it, it was a, a bit of a weak one. Uh, so, any, anything else? I really liked that we had the big punch up between Cutter and Garibaldi, punching, 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 punching. There was this 30 second countdown. 
Finally, Garibaldi gets hold of the call, gets it to stop. And just in true Galaxy Quest style, it stops at one second on the countdown. Um, you know, it wasn't two, it wasn't three seconds. No, it has to be one. It always stops on one on the show. Always, always. But Ivanova does, did seem to be sort of aware that something was going on because it was a very dramatic way. She was like, prepare for 30 second countdown. Like she knew that the fight was going on, but she was just kind of waiting for it to sort of, you know, peter out and wait for him to actually say you need to stop now. Um, it, the way it was cut was very odd. Have they ever done a countdown before for uh, launching Cobras or the Cobra Bay or the fighters or whatever? No. I don't think so. Maybe because the president was there or we, or we needed more dramatic tension. Maybe. She wanted to sound good for the president, maybe? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it was probably a timing issue to do with it when the, just as a presidential ship sort of goes by at the right time to see the uh, the fighters go out and do their red arrows mm. bit, you know, I don't, I don't know. I did like at the beginning of the episode that um, the area where they had to hold the rails or at least have their hand near the rails because of the low gravity. Oh, the variable gravity. Um, it, it was yes. great to yeah. see. And I really liked all of the CGI in the background that they were traveling on the, the monorail system. But I did feel like I was watching the CGI more than paying attention to what they were actually saying. So I did have to sort of go back a I few times. Um, but it did lead to a really good yeah. Ivanova line that, you know, when Garibaldi says, I, I, uh, nothing the government surprises me nothing the government does surprises me as you said that's a very russian attitude i like it you know i thought that was a nice nice ivanova typical line yeah and speaking of lines i, I like when uh, jacquard says there's uh, three things in the universe there's mm -hmm. matter energy and enlightened self-interest <laughs> okay so i've got a little bit of trivia here and i have star trek connections yeah two really oh yes wow two I, I, I i've got two so. yeah. but that's i think yeah. there is two probably the same ones but oh Probably. Okay, well, I only got one, but uh, there you go. Okay. Okay, well, let, well let's uh, go with uh, the trivia first. In the back of the Happy Days bar in uh, down below that Garibaldi went to hide, there is a neon sign for, for Zimmer, a carbonated alcoholic beverage. Uh, the set designers included this as a joke, reasoning it was one of the few products from the 20th century still available during the time, uh, time frame the series was set, which is the mid-23rd century. Unfortunately, the beverage was discontinued in 2008. Oh, that's sad. There you go. And seeing as I'd never heard of it anyway, it didn't mean a thing. Did nope. We didn't get it over here. Uh, there's a uh, bit of trivia here about the, uh, the when the episode was made. Plasma Cutters has only just been made available uh, for maybe about 10 years. It was still bulky, uncommon, expensive, and a brand new technology. Today, you can buy a basic portable plasma cutter for about $300 at any hardware store. Uh, we later discovered that all Earth Force personnel comlinks are genetically engineered to each specific user. Now, this is something I noticed. So Garibaldi could, uh, should not have been able to use another person's link to call Ivanova. Not the same uh, Marcus thing. Lee. Exactly, yeah. So, uh, yeah, when they stick these things on the back of the hands, they are uh, you know, genetically bonded to the person. So you can't just rip it off and then use it yourself. It's, it is your own personal uh, com. Um, so... Taking it off uh, Cutter, he shouldn't have been able to have uh, made make the call. When the explosion at the start of the episode uh, happens, it's uh, far back from the front of the station. Um, plus, with rotation, anything coming out would be flung outward, in addition to the force of the explosion itself. There is no way that anything, including a person, blown out from there would be visible from the command deck. But it looked good for the My God. Yes. It, it, yes. It, would, it ended up there because it was artistically right. Yeah. Physics for plot. Yes. 
I like that. Okay, Sean, Star Trek Connections. Okay, well, we've got uh, David Crowley who played Welch, and he was the workman or one of the workmen in Star Trek: The Next Generation episode Phantasms. Mm-hmm. Yep. We've got uh, Maggie Egan who played the newscaster. She was in Crusade as well as Quantum Leap. She was also the reporter in Sliders, so she's made quite a career out of being the reporter character in sci-fi. So I quite like that. Good catch, mm. good catch. And the last Star Trek connection I have is Rod Perry, who played General Netter. He was the uncredited security guard in Star Trek, the motion picture. Oh, yeah. And like you mentioned, most of these guest actors did not do too much more than this series. So there wasn't a lot of connections to make. Okay, so ratings. We do our ratings out of five, mm-hmm. because it's Babylon 5. Five jump gates. And uh, IMDB, uh, they gave this episode uh, an equivalent of 3.4 jump gates. It's basically 7 out of 10. Sorry, 6.8 out of 10. Yeah, that's fair. So, Sean, what did you think? I I was thinking it's it's definitely above average, and it gives a lot of good backstory, and uh, the, the performances are fairly decent. And we get a lot of, uh, well, not a lot, but some more home guard information and uh, some presidential stuff. So we're, we're really building out the universe. Uh, I'm going to give it uh, 3.25 jump gates out of five. Okay. Dan? Yeah. I've already broken my not bringing in points uh, into the thing. So uh, it's a 2.5 in that it's a basic episode, does what it needs to do. Um, I really liked um, the Malari scene uh, and again I like Malari so it kind of played into that I really like the fact that we delved into Garibaldi I think that it, although they weren't showing it and I, although they didn't give us a flashback or anything like that we got to learn a lot more about Garibaldi I really like that the episode ends with him saying how easy it was to crawl back into the bottle and and it's a believable uh, alcoholism you know it's not all f- you know, finished and solved by the end of, you know, 40 minutes of uh, uh, intrigue and uh, behind the scenes terrorism, uh, you know, that doesn't cure him of alcoholism. He's still an addict. He still suffers. Um, and I like that, but it's still not as good as some of the episodes that I've really loved this season. So I'm going to go 3.5. Um, so I uh, have, I, I did like this uh, episode. Yeah. It was above average. So definitely above um uh, 2.5 i thought it sat sort of halfway in between a an average episode and a you know, top-notch episode so i'm basically giving it uh, 3.5 um as well mm. i think that's that's pretty much where it sits it's it's got good backstory for um for garibaldi but it's not brilliant um it does the backstory well but then you know, there are problems with um, the relationship between Garibaldi and, and um, Major Kemmer. So it's, it, it's good. It, it, I'd watch it again. And I, I mm. have to admit, when I saw it, um, I sort of remembered it. So I thought, well, it must have made an impression on me the first time around. Um, it was just the, the last scene, because obviously she's supposed to be, um, she's supposed to be the daughter of one of his, you know, a, a close friend, somebody he knew well. So you'd think you'd have a bit more of a relationship with her, you know, in the sense, you know, like a uh, like an uncle, uh, she says, Uncle Mike. 
but then the way it was going at the end, I thought, is this going to turn out to be a little bit more than that? That would be a bit weird if it was too much. And, and when they hugged at the end, I thought, well, it's good, but he's 37 and she must be, well, I assume at least 10, maybe more years, 15 years, maybe more, you know, less than that. Although she did look sort of 30 odd. And it didn't sort of feel right that she was hugging him like they were, you know, almost family, if you like. But that was 17 years um, previously. And... Yeah. I was really hoping she wasn't going to say, oh, thank you, Uncle Mike. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. I love you, Uncle Mike. No, that you don't don't say that, please. It'll be really weird. And it wasn't, but she didn't. So that's yes. mm. very good. So there you go, three point five. So if you have any thoughts on this episode of Babylon Five, why not send us some feedback at the epsilon three at gmail dot com. That's three spelled T H R E E, not the number. Or you can find us on our Facebook page. Just search Facebook for the Epsilon Three. So that is the end of this episode. Join us again next week when we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 12, By Any Means Necessary. The universe is run by the complex interweaving of three elements. Energy, matter, and enlightened self-interest. Unless you comprehend that fact, and soon you will be cornered and caged. They will destroy you. And Lights and good night. Thank you.